0: And welcome to the What the What podcast. It's the podcast where we tell you what's nerdy, what's popping with culture, what's giving us all the nostalgic feels, and what's there to geek out about. Past, present, and future. It's all the what's in one place. That's Eric Creech, we have Kyle Whitley, and I'm Ashby Brame.
1: It's
2: a new day! Yes, it is! Woohoo! Yes. Sorry, I've been listening to the New Day <laughs> podcast a lot lately. Okay. And so, oh, what the what fans!
3: Don't you dare! Be sour, clap for your three hosts for the podcast, and feel the power,
2: <laughs> baby. It's a new day, yeah. Sorry. That was the next part after that on yes. the podcast. They do it weird on their podcast. Do they? Where like they change it up and get like more emotional sounding.
3: <laughs> I love <Change> Ashley's face. <laughs> what are they talking about? I know it says random interlude filled with pointless conversation but I didn't mean this random. You
0: guys really deliver on that every week, (laughs) solidly. Pointless and random. I appreciate it. That's how my brain works. And I always just look like I'm on the office.
3: I'm just really, yeah, you're over here jimming the camera. I'm really glad that he did something. I'm going to keep dropping this. I'm really glad he did it because... My head went immediately to doing another Hamilton song, and I was like, "I know we said no, like, ha- no more don't Hamilton, do anything no but Hamilton. Hamilton."
2: But uh, so I, and
3: then there your and
0: brain was like, "Do Hamilton?" Yes, yeah.
2: <laughs> is, is it like, new day? Like, it's like, "Don't," like he's not don't screaming. Are we singing Hamilton? Like Fifth like, no,
3: Leader Kermit's like, "Hamilton." Yeah, mm. my name is Alexander Hamilton. That's right. mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Sing it again.
3: Yes, cool. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, whether you all you've got is a cheap trick or cheesy one liner, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcast. Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, rate and review us. Five stars. That was a weird little sound So your microphone damn funny this time. That is funny. Maybe we need to get a new board. Uh, please also follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at whatthewhatmedia. All one word! And find us on Twitter at WTW underscore media. And please share with your friends if you enjoyed today's episode or one of the 56 other What the What podcast episodes that we have available in the archives. Last week on the podcast... We discuss the one-year journey for this podcast and the goals the three of us have for the year to come. On today's episode, on today's episode, wow, we are taking a Deep deep dive into the 2013 film Iron Man 3. Here is your spoiler warning for today's episode. While the Avengers, nope, sorry, tried it again, while Iron Man 3 is our primary focus.
0: Tomato, tomato.
3: Yeah. Add-in. Add-in, yeah.
2: As that other word was up there.
3: We may be discussing any and all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, including Marvel television shows like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, tie-in comics, and any of the other 22 MCU films, taking the entire saga into account. So if you aren't sure about the difference between War Machine and The Iron Patriot, maybe check out this movie first. And if you need it, it happens to be the only MCU film that Kyle owns on DVD. That's right. Yeah. I'm going to
2: adjust this real quick. Okay. Do I need to like tell you now why I only have that one? If you want to. It's not by choice. It's not like it was my favorite and I was like, I need to own this. I think he this He lies.
3: Is, it, it was absolutely his favorite. This is, his number,
2: this is definitely in his top five. This is the only Marvel movie, I think, that I did not see in theaters. And so we were going on our anniversary trip to a cabin that my cousins own in the mountains. And they told us before, and they're like, we don't have any cable out here, no Wi Fi. Like, you're out in the, like, nowhere, which is awesome and it's great. Like, we do have, like, a DVD player and, like, a projector to project it on the wall. Like, so bring a movie or whatever. So, this just happened to have come out on movie at the time or on DVD. So, we bought it and picked it up. And I don't think we've ever gotten any of the other ones, especially at this point. Like, so much has been on. Why would you? Yeah, between, like, Netflix and everywhere else that they've been on. I mean, uh, unless
3: you're a completionist, I, what is happening with my mic?
2: My I don't goodness. know. You passed it on to you. I've, sabota- I I've
0: sabotaged both of you mm-hmm. in order to finally take over.
3: Yeah, this is, it's working. Yep. I mean, keep it up if that's what you're doing. Don't <laughs> <but touch. laughs> don't, don't let that stop you. <laughs> <laughs> I've
2: noticed when you touch the microphone is when it starts, so make sure to stop touching. Hello. Okay. Um, As a record or a recording studio guy once told me, you wouldn't beat your dog, so don't beat your mic. Okay, we'll leave that there then. Okay, okay, <laughs> All right. good.
0: Cool, cool, cool. So, um, yes. Cool,
2: cool, cool. So, you know who I am. You don't know where I am, and you'll never see me coming. You got to do it like the Mandarin. You'll
3: never see me coming.
2: You'll never see me. Wait, let me start over. There. Okay, do it over again. You know who I am. You don't know where I am. You'll never see me coming.
0: Hey, that was actually really that good. That was very impressive. Fantastic. Right. He says he good has
2: okay. if I need to be a terrorist.
0: Good <laughs> <able> to know. <laughs> good to know. Put it on you, know. your know. resume.
2: I, I would probably resume. never <laughs> do it. Potential Hopefully future as a terrorist. But <laughs> probably. Have, probably. Maybe. Definitely note. not. Definitely like, maybe. Yeah. I, know, <laughs> I know QuickBooks. I have a graphic design degree. <laughs> I also have a terrorist voice. I'll make sure to note that. I haven't updated it since college, but I'll make sure to update my resume. Go ahead and
3: update that thing now.
2: That's important.
0: You put that under skills. Skills. Terrorist voice. Definitely.
2: Okay. I'm glad to know.
3: <sighs> That's where that belongs.
0: So.
2: Mm, okay. Right, so anyway. I
3: have an empty bottle in case I need it. Just. To... Oh.
0: Wow.
2: This is a place to offer up a brief, brief refresher on what actually happened in Avengers 2012. Because <laughs> uh, I, didn't, I, didn't, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't update that part either. <laughs> in case you didn't listen to our previous podcast on Avengers from 2012, <laughs> I should just recap the entire podcast.
3: Can you tell <laughs> how much work we put into this script?
2: <laughs> it's good though. Funny thing, funny moment. <laughs> oh, man. So, let's try it one more time. This take two, is, take two. This is a place to offer up a brief refresher on what actually happened in Iron Man 3 film. When film doesn't even... In, in the, the Iron, man, Iron 3. man 3 film. So, when you're ready, <laughs> Ashby, take a breath. i let you catch your uh, your breath again. Recap this movie in the next 131 seconds.
0: Okay, so here's the thing. Are you ready? I wrote this uh, last night, and I haven't done a cold... Run through. So this is gonna be this is gonna be a hot mess.
2: You're, you've got this. It's
0: also gonna be <laughs> super long, but I'm ready. We got
2: this. <clears throat> All right, ten minutes. We'll cut you off. Okay. Get okay. Ready. Get set. Set. Go.
0: This feel good, fun for the whole family Christmas movie opens with Tony narrating a story about how we create our own demons, In a flashback to New Year's Eve. Tony meets a, a botanical scientist named Maya Hansen in Bern, Switzerland, and arrogantly avoids crippled, nerdy scientist Aldrin Killian. Aldrich Killian, by honestly being sort of a jerk. But let's not forget, this is 1999 Tony Stark. We forgive him. In December 2012, it has been quite some time after the events of New York City and the Avengers Initiative. And a haunted Tony Stark has obsessively built several Iron Man suits in his mansion. Tony works on a new model, the Mark 42, which is modular. All the suit pieces fly to him and recombine. The Mandarin hijacks American airwaves and makes his debut by taking credit for the bombing of a U.S. military station in Kuwait. The president responds... Response is to take the Mach 8 suit worn by (coughs) Colonel James Rhodes, formerly known as War Machine, and have it repainted, rebranded, and reintroduced as the Iron Patriot. So, like, if Iron Man and Captain America had a love child. Tony later asks Rhodes in a restaurant what's really going on with the Mandarin, and then he is confronted by a group of kids who want his autograph. The boy asks how Tony was able to escape the wormhole in New York, causing him to have a panic attack. Back at Stark Industries, Pepper Potts meets with Aldrin Killidge. Killian, who has improved his condition, Aldrich wants Stark Industries backing his think tank called Advanced Ideas Mechanics, or AIM. AIM. Pepper declines. Pepper drives home, and Tony has a huge stuffed bunny for her as her Christmas gift. That night while asleep, Tony experiences a PTSD-induced trauma dream about what happened in New York. Uh, They're then startled when one of the new prototype Iron Man suits is awakened and makes its way to the bedroom, attacking Pepper. Tony then immediately dismantles it. Happy follows one of Killian's men, Eric Savin, to the Grom's Chinese Theater. Savin gives another man, Jack Taggart, a briefcase. Taggart overheats and explodes, leaving behind only his old dog tags. Happy is severely injured while Savin walks away. Tony visits the hospital to check on Happy and to make sure that all of the hospital employees were wearing badges while in Happy's room and to make sure that the TV is playing Downton Abbey. Tony Stark does have a heart. A frustrated Tony issues his threat to the Mandarin, saying that he just died and gives him his home address on TV. While at home, Tony has Jarvis bring up a hologram diagram of... The Grauman's Chinese Theater, but he's interrupted by a visitor who turns out to be, not the Mandarin, but Dr. Maya Hansen, who believes Tony is in danger. A freaked out Pepper is arguing with Tony, and just as that's happening, the house is attacked. Pepper and Maya make it out. Tony manages to destroy two of the helicopters, but... um, Down on power, he cannot fly. The house crumbles into the sea, taking Tony with it. The suit regains some power and flies off unseen. Sometime later, Tony awakens in the suit five miles outside of Rose Hill, Tennessee. Tony then drags the Mach 42 to a seemingly empty house nearby. Inside, he immediately begins to work on repairing the suit But the house is not empty. It's actually occupied by a lonely 10-year-old kid named Harley Keener. Teaming with Harley, Tony investigates the remains of the Mandarin-S suicide bombing. One of Killian's agents, Ellen Brandt, shows up and cuffs Tony. But he manages to escape the bar, only to be cornered by Savin, who tries to take Harley hostage. But Harley overpowers him, allowing Tony to grab his car keys and escape. Tony drives to a nearby beauty pageant and sneaks into one of the camera crew vans so he can research the data on the documents he's found. Turns out that the bombs are the work of soldiers from the extremist program. However... The program has a flaw. If a user's body cannot properly metabolize extremists, the body heats up to an extreme temperature and explodes. Rose tracks the Mandarin's IP address and is led to a sweatshop in the Middle East, but it turns out to be a trap. Tony infiltrates the Mandarin's Miami headquarters using a variety of homemade weapons. Inside, he discovers that the Mandarin is actually a flighty British actor named Trevor Slattery.
3: The best twist ever.
0: Yes. Tony is captured by some of Killian's henchmen, and Maya reveals she was working with Killian all along. Aldris arrives and reveals he has kidnapped Pepper and subjected her to the extremists. Injection, intending to use her as leverage to gain Tony's aid in fixing extremists' flaws, <clears throat> Aldrich then shoots and kills Maya. Tony escapes by summoning the Mark 42 f- all the way from Tennessee, piece by piece, and reunites with Rhodes on the estate, discovering that Aldrich intends to attack President Ellis aboard Air Force One. Savin boards the uh, president's plane wearing the Iron Patriot suit and takes the president. He then blows holes in the airliner body and survivors fall out. Iron Man kills Savin and manages to rescue the fallen people by using a small electrical current to hold them all together. Tony and Rhodes trace Aldrich to an impounded oil drill platform where Aldrich intends to kill Ellis on live television. Tony has Jarvis enact the House Party Protocol which unleashes a massive army of Iron Man suits. Before Tony can save her, a container uh, crane rig collapses around them and Pepper falls 200 feet to her apparent death. Tony is forced into confronting Aldrich using several suits and finally traps him in the 42 suit that self-destructs. But a glowing Aldrich survives and staggers towards a defenseless start. Pepper shows up, having survived the fall, and finishes off the weakened Aldrich. After the battle, Tony orders Jarvis to implement Clean Slate Protocol, which destroys each remaining Iron Man suit promptly as a sign of his intention to devote more time to Pepper. Tony undergoes surgery to remove the shrapnel embedded near his heart, eliminating his need for the chest piece to control it. He pitches his obsolete chest arc reactor into the sea, Muses, he will always be Iron Man, even without his armor. The end.
2: Great job. <laughs> great job. <sighs> I started to like, I had like to cough, so you probably heard me in the background, but I was trying we to did. hold it. <laughs> but then I'm starting to get like out of breath listening, because I was like, oh my god, what if she had to cough? She couldn't do this. And all of a sudden, yeah. I finally just had to cough. I was like, i oh, over here joking, because <laughs> I'm wow. trying not to. But oh, man. Great job, anyway. Great
3: job. Mm,
1: appreciate great it. Job, great job. Uh-huh.
3: So, we have ten questions. <laughs> Um, I'm going to rename this section. It's listed as general and specific thoughts. Mm, really? General
0: and specific thoughts? Yes.
3: The general. We're just going to rename it Ten Questions. Or it could be The
2: Ten Rings. Yeah, The
3: Ten Rings, yeah. Uh, do you like this film?
0: Yes.
2: My answer was yes. Yes, I do. Mine was. Not one of my favorites. Mine blocking, was. But uh, I enjoyed it. Is, is it in your top
3: ten? <laughs> well, that's, a different actually, question. that's a different question. My answer was eh. Mm. The, the Iron Man series has never been my favorite. I like. Iron Man and start better when he's getting to play off the other Avengers um
0: that's fair but I have a lot of uh things that I feel like the um redeem this movie for me specifically and so it's actually one of my favorite Iron Mans okay
3: what are some of your favorite scenes
2: (coughs) you're looking at me so I'll go
1: I mean Uh, I'm just going down
3: the
2: line here going down the line Uh, not to jump to the end of the movie but it was really cool to see all of the suits come in together and just to see how that happened uh I really don't think I watched that movie any other time than the one time we watched it on her. Like, it wasn't Honeymoon, but our trip. And so watching it again was like watching an entirely new movie again for me. And I was the one thing I knew ahead of time. It was like, all the suits come at some point. I don't remember how, I don't remember why. But just to see that he had been building all of those all along. Um, and I was watching something, t- I don't know, YouTube trying to get ready for this. And whenever he's finished building the one suit and it's kind of going underground, if you like take the two seconds to look, you see underneath there's already like this giant thing. That's where all the suits already are, where he's just been storing them away. I didn't notice it the first time, but then actually, whenever drawing my attention to it, you start noticing all those are just hanging out there. So I don't know. I enjoy that. I thought it was just cool to see. It's not just 40 or 50 or however many, just plain old Iron Man, but just how each one had its own characteristic and how that worked. How about somebody
1: else? Ashby. I, be
0: I really enjoyed the sort of Tony and Rhodey, like buddy cop Mm movie-esque parts of this movie. It was nice to see them get to do that. Um, I think that there are a lot of things that I notice because I've been in fandom for so long when I go back and watch that I forget aren't just a part of fandom, like how wonderful and um, comedic And supportive Tony and Rhodey's relationship and their friendship is. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm like, oh, well, that's only in fan fiction. (laughs) Uh But it is nice when they get time for that to be on the screen, you know, for them to be friends. There's a whole like backstory in the fandom about, and I don't know where it comes from, it might come from the comics, about them meeting at MIT and being like college roommates and then, you know, going separate ways, but also like remaining friends. And so that's where their friendship stems from. Um, so that was just really interesting to actually, uh, you know, get some screen time this time around <clears throat> instead of, and I felt like the other Iron Man movies where Rhodey just shows up to kind of like scold him as, mm-hmm. you know, the yeah. military liaison. Yep. Um, Look, and I'm then, here, deal with it. Right, exactly. And then also the barrel of monkeys bit where he yeah. saves all the people falling out of the plane is super cool. That was that my, was one that of was my, my favorite
2: favorites. parts. Absolutely. Um, well, I like how they thought about it too. Good enough to say like, Everybody was just strong enough holding hands. Right. He, right. Like, they threw in the fact of like, I'm going to send an electrical like, current through right. your hand. Right. So you were not able to let go pretty right. much. Mm-hmm. So they took care of that. So you couldn't come back later and just be like, well, what if one person yeah. got sweaty That's hands That's not
0: possible. Yeah. Right, yeah. So, so to
2: think it through that far and not just throw something <clears> in the movie. <clears throat> which
0: actually ties into one of the things I threw into this section, which was like daily affirmation about how stupid smart Tony Stark is. <laughs> Say it with me. He solves things drunk, and in his sleep and calculates things at like a lightning fast pace and I just love any scene that shows that basically like a, a reminder that hey, this guy's a genius. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, literally. He invented
3: time travel right? in an afternoon. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in like
0: between giving his child popsicles.
3: Yes. And washing the dishes. <laughs> right. I mean. <laughs> yes. So, so yeah, definitely a genius. Um, my scene, my favorite scenes were uh, the barrel of monkey scene mm-hmm. obviously and then uh, just the end of the movie Pepper Mm-hmm. Kind of saving the day. Like just Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I mean yeah. We'll get into that a little more, but
2: there's one more that I like and it you talk about Pepper and didn't even think about it, but whenever they're bombing his house mm-hmm. and how we've not seen it before. We've seen now how the suit can come to him. Mm-hmm. But how he thought ahead as well for her, for Pepper, like Yep. The house is getting bombed, throw it on her. Like yep. first and you see that little bit of growth already in him that's not just all about himself. Yes. Like, so you did a great job in the last movie. Or whenever we're talking about who won the movie, mm-hmm. and you went into great detail about Iron Man, and it made me think further that in watching this movie, knowing it's coming right out of that movie, to think so much more about how has he grown? Is he all about himself still? Right. Um, so
3: are you changing your vote from Samuel? Or no, not from, last from time. Nick no, to no, to no. It's, it's no. It's no. It just made me
0: think. For future a a
3: post, uh, <coughs> you know, whatever vote here for?
2: Uh, no, uh, it's okay, just you no, know I'm Samuel thinking. Jackson wasn't in this movie, so I can't vote for him this time. That's fine. fine. But. Happy was dressed like uh, John Travolta from Pulp Fiction, so that's, true. that's close enough. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite quotes,
3: um, and I'll um, I'll go here. Um, this is a favorite of mine mm-hmm. because I'm just now realizing like the significance um, of this quote in our lives. So <laughs> for years okay. we would um, do, we would we still do music at our church, me and Kyle, and we had um, a, a young man who was working sound named Tanner. Mm-hmm. And we would ask him, you know, to make us a sandwich. <laughs> you know, where's, where's my sandwich? Where's my sandwich? When rewatching this movie, I realized that, you know, Stark's talking to Ke- Harley Keener, and he's like, here's what I need. A laptop, digital watch, cell phone, the pneumatic accutator from your bazooka over there, a map of a town, a big spring, and a tuna fish sandwich. And then later on at the end of that scene, you know what keeps going through my head? Where's my sandwich? And we would keep (laughs) asking Tanner, like, where's my sandwich? Mm -hmm. And I did not realize, I'm assuming that's where Ricky kind of got it because he's a big Iron Man fan. So I'm wondering if that's where he got that quote from. Part of me
2: doesn't want to ask him, though. Part of me just wants to assume that's where he got it from versus asking him and then him being like, what are you talking about? I've never seen that. never
3: seen Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3 sucks (laughs) is what he would say. Um, so th- that was one of my favorite quotes. Uh, one of mine is from the trailer. Um, I'm Tony Stark. I build neat stuff. I got a great girl. Occasionally I save the world. So why can't I sleep? Mm. And I'm like, I feel you, buddy. Yeah. For real. I- I've, been, I've been in stages in life where everything's been going right. And it's like, I still can't sleep. I don't understand. Mm. So
2: uh, who else? Um, mine comes from where he's quoting the other guy. Uh, but it says, we create our own demons. Um, and he goes on to continue a little bit about that. But it made me think about the Villains from a lot of the movies we've seen with Iron Man and how he, he himself almost created a l- most of those demons. Whereas the first one he didn't necessarily create a demon, the guy was bad, but by his choices, that guy continued further down that track. Um, the second one, same way, is not directly him creating the other guy. I'm horrible with remembering the guy's name, but the fact <laughs> of like who created it with his dad and the power, or, like the resources and the whatever the stuff they came up with. Um, this one the same way. He's much of, he created the other guy because of the way he treated the other guy. Because I'll be honest, like looking back at it, I felt so bad for that guy standing on the roof because mm-hmm. he's like, "Go to the roof, I will meet you there." Right. And I just couldn't help like my heart broke for him. Like, right. And it's like he probably wasn't a bad guy then. Like he really had, you know, he could have yeah. been. I don't know. But he stood up there at high hopes, even looking down at his watch, like, well, maybe he's still coming.
3: Well, it gives mm-hmm. some more credits to the theory that Iron or Tony Stark is his worst enemy. Yeah. He creates his own worst right. enemy. And then Ultron
2: comes up before yep. long, too. And mm-hmm. so it's the same way for a long time. Anything around him, he created a lot of those problems. So yep. Right. Just, and it's not necessarily was directing that towards that, but just to slow down and think about that was cool to me. Yeah, Ashby?
0: So, I really liked the, that's all you got, cheap trick and a cheesy one-liner. And he's like, sweetheart, that could be the name of my autobiography. Yes. <laughs> and then I really love how Harley's trying to manipulate him into staying. And it's yes. because he doesn't have a father figure. Right. And it's, it's a serious concept, but Tony knows he can't stay, so he's making light of it. And, you know, Harley's like, you have to stay because we're connected now. And he's like, oh, Okay. And then Harley's like, don't leave, I'm cold. And he's like, I know you're cold. You know how I know? Because we're, we're connected. connected. <laughs> and then he just leaves him.
2: <laughs> I feel like there was a lot of deep lines, too, because he had, I don't know, this movie shows that emotional side of Tony. So you had that and that connection. You see that for the first time, him connecting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: With the
2: younger kid that almost foreshadows what he's going to be to Peter. Peter coming Parker, in. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so to see that coming, um, one that was emotional that got me was when they thought Pepper was dead. Pepper's like falling out of the sky. right. Uh, to me, Tony didn't necessarily get as emotional as I would think he would about like Pepper dying. But Killian, they're fighting. He says, let's face it, you didn't deserve her. I could have made her perfect. And Tony responded and said, you're right. I don't deserve her. But here's where you're wrong. She was already perfect. Nice. Yeah. And you are just starting to really see that about that. Where so much has been about Tony through all these other <laughs> movies and about himself. I
0: think that, you know, you talk about he doesn't seem as upset about Pepper as he should. I think if you watch the way over and over again the RDJ plays Tony, we come to understand that probably because of the way his father treated him, That's true. he can't emote very well. And so Tony's anger and his sadness and his rage, it's always in the eyes. Like when you look at Civil War the way he reacts to, to Steve and Bucky and mm-hmm. the way that he reacts in this movie when Pepper falls. There's, there's ne- Tony's never going to be the guy that just like crumbles or the guy that's able to weep openly, but you can see how upset he is, I think. Um, that's a good point. And I think that's really due, I give RDJ credit for that for sure. So. All right.
1: Well so that's, that's, that's a deep
2: dive moment.
3: That's a good transition to what worked the best.
0: Once again, I feel like for I feel like every time we do this there's always one question of the ten that I've not given any serious thought to. Like that I just was like, I don't know, and I just mm-hmm. put something down. So for this I put Pepper as a Saint and a Bad Boss Lady and just honestly the best. Why don't we give Pepper enough credit?
1: <laughs> honestly, I don't mine. disagree.
2: <laughs> no, mine was I loved how the relationship worked in this movie. It just where you saw more of that and her taking right. more of that role, but it yeah. wasn't just bought like she was an awesome Mike boss lady in general I- overall the whole movie. Right. But it's not just her sitting in an office this time. Like there's so much more about her.
3: Um, right. So like one of my things was something you've already brought up and that was the relationship between Harley and Tony mm-hmm. as it mirrors not only his relationship with Peter Parker and, um, and Iron Man later on, but also the first glimpse of Tony, maybe even thinking about being a father That's true. moving mm-hmm. forward. Um, you know, he um having that conversation, you know, with the kid, you know, I think that might have planted the seed that, like, hey, that might not be a bad thing someday. Mm-hmm. And then right. you see it grow with, with Peter Parker and sure. So, uh, I thought that worked really well. Uh, and of course, Pepper Potts, yes, mm. 100%. And
0: Harley is at Tony's funeral.
3: Yes, he is. He's the weird in kid. In You know, in in game, yeah. yeah. Who, everyone's like, who's that? And it's like, come on, guys. Right. Did y'all come not on. see the other 21, 22 MCU <laughs> that's films? That's right.
2: Not to like skip ahead because we can go back to the questions, but that was my what the what moment. Which I knew it, but I've forgotten it. Mm. Where it's one of those things that all of a sudden, like, in my mind, seeing it in the end game and knowing it, I was like, oh, that's the kid. But going back and watching this movie, all of a sudden putting all that back together and being like, right. oh, wait a second. He's the kid that's going to end up at the funeral. Mm-hmm. And so right. it, cl- it caught me off guard in a second during the middle of the movie. I even like Googled it just to make sure. I was like, I am thinking right. But um, I really right.
3: hope they bring Ty Simkins, Simpskins back uh, to be like Iron Lad or something.
2: I know there's like random speculation.
1: Right. But
0: well, yeah. and I also see this is where Tumblr and Fandom start running like Fanon. I like a, like a hamster wheel in my yes. brain. Because what what I love about Fanon is that it takes random choices made by directors and writers and tries to find a reason for them.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: you know, Tony's funeral and endgame, they're like, We should definitely stick. Harley Keener, and they're like, let's get everyone in the MCU who's ever meant something to Tony, or Tony's meant something to them, and let's stick them in this private funeral. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, well that, like, it plays well, it's a homage, it, you know, it's beautiful, it's moving, whatever. But from the perspective of, like, fact versus fiction, if, if you take away the fact that this is a fictional universe, and you start thinking about the logistics behind that in the real world, Tony... <clears throat> had to tell pepper how much this kid meant to him at some point this kid i met in tennessee that you never met that i gave a science lab to in his garage for helping me out that i probably never got to really see again um, because i was so busy or life got in the way and pepper had to remember how much that kid meant to tony enough in her grief to invite that grown child then to his funeral. That's an
3: excellent point, and I, I've never really thought of that before. I just figured like he saw it on the on the news. It's like, oh, mom, I'm going out. <laughs> I'm going well, like, to a funeral. Apartment. And maybe they'll just let me in. I don't know.
2: This again is not me trying to jump questions, but like unanswered questions that was something across my mind was like, did he stay continuing his life in some way after that? Right. Maybe. We saw how he did with Peter and how he you know right. continued to reach out, continue to check in on him, um, and to know that he went all out. And not just giving him all this. Especially by the time in this movie, realizing giving Pepper a giant teddy bear was not a great gift. And right. It was, there's so much more that's more important than things at that right. point. So it made me wonder, you know, if there's this whole backstory of him, you know, I'm sure there's right. some fanning about, like, him just going and hanging out with this kid. Mm-hmm. But it's even all better. The but either way, just coming all back and, like, being... Like you say, even if it went that route, where he never really had a chance to go back, but just enough that he meant that much to he could talk to Pepper about Right, it. right. Because it made me wonder, too, because being a car guy or whatever, like, he has the lab, but he's also given him this like awesome Mustang and mm-hmm. the same thing. And there's part of me that wanted to go back to Endgame. It's like, is there any shot of the parking lot where that's like, not like because it's a car and that's cool or whatever, but just like, right. did that he kid still it. have it? And yeah. he drove it there to that scene. I don't right. think it ever shows any of that, but. It just made me wonder.
3: Well, while we're at it, let's let's skip number five for now. Okay. And we'll go straight to number six, uh, unanswered questions.
0: Okay. Um, I don't
2: have any, so. I had that one, and then my other one is, is this a Christmas movie?
0: Yes. Oh, I did have that. 100,000%, yeah. yeah. Is, is yes. this
3: considered a Christmas movie?
2: That's the debate we still need to have, like, at Christmas That's this year. Yeah. But what makes a Christmas what makes movie a Christmas movie? A or what Christmas makes movie? a movie that happens at Christmas?
3: Like, because, you know, there are some people who are like hard, hardcore, like Home Alone or like Die Hard is the big one. Di- is Die Hard a Christmas movie?
0: It, if there is a Christmas theme throughout the movie, then it is a Christmas movie.
3: I agree, 100%. I don't How know. hard one, is that? 100%. Because I would say if Die Hard's not a Christmas movie, then, then home, home Alone's Home Alone's not a Christmas movie.
0: Right. Home Alone is a movie about a kid who's being robbed yeah. if you take out Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't separate Christmas as a setting from a movie, it, then it's a Christmas movie.
2: Yeah, I don't know though, because like, would you sit down at Christmas time and be like, "Oh man, let's pull out Iron Man 3? Like,
0: 100%. one hundred percent.
2: You would. Yeah. Okay, so it's like he p-
0: doesn't even know who he's talking to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of well, course, to I watch Iron mind. Man three at Christmas. Yeah, come on.
2: So <laughs> we've got to change Ashby so she'll at least watch Batman Returns at Christmas then too. <coughs> well, let's not get carried I away. I said I watch good <laughs> Christmas movies <laughs> at <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so now you're saying this is a great move great we'll move forward Welp, he loves Iron Man 3 well <laughs> all right um, to be fair Batman oh sorry like I
0: did have what was it um, do you oh yeah Pepper and Extremis she's, cur- she's cured or she's stabilized question mark because they never say what Tony does to help her he just says I'll take care of it mm-hmm. and a lot of fans theorized that he stabilized her, but that she still had the extremist genes and that she would go glowy again in later movies. But we know she doesn't Never do that did. because in Endgame, she shows up as a rescue, not right. an extremist fireball. So
3: I would say she's you know. I want to say she's cured, but right. um, was there a cure? And um, this is something I'm going to touch on in our f- um, in our fun facts. But agents, of she'll kind of explored. You know, there right. wasn't really a cure; it was just more right. Of a sta- stabilization. Right. So, so,
0: I mean, but is in the stabilization that Tony found, is she no longer able to access?
2: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: You well, know, I so don't know. Like, anyway, I feel like if so. they were going
2: to bring it back, especially at this point, how further along they are, yeah, they'd have to do a lot of in the movie talking a lot about it to bring mm-hmm. it back. Yeah. Right. Versus just it being something that happened in Iron Man Three. Now, I'd say they couldn't do it but at this point I feel like it may just probably just be stabilized especially like you say since that point they just gave her a suit in the movie versus her having all these powers in the movie right all
3: right nitpicks um I'm going to go ahead and get to my big one the mandarin okay um I'm going to go I go a little deeper on the mandarin in our uh Avengers headquarters teach us what you need to know section but um that really took me out of the movie like the whole you know um Ben Kingsley is the, um, the Mandarin, and he did such a good job. And then it turns out he's just a British actor. Mm-hmm. And this other guy, you know, who we know is already a villain, <laughs> he just took me out of the movie. So, um, didn't he, like that.
0: I think this is where I um, benefit from not being a comic book fan. Mm-hmm. Because a, a lot of people, when we get to the um, social media shout-outs later, say, you know, I the Mandarin was an actual villain in the comic books, and he was actually terrifying. And it was really yes. disappointing for this particular version of the Mandarin to play out like it did. But I didn't take any of that baggage with me because I didn't know. Right. So the way it played out for me, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool because it's it's like a head fake where you think there's one villain mm-hmm. or maybe two villains working separately. Then you figure out they're, to, you're, they're sort of maybe working together. Then you figure out there's actually only one villain and this doopy guy who's just been wrangled into, you know. And I
3: can see that. Um, one of the things that... Um, Again, when I get to the the main section, is the Mandarin was considered to be like Iron Man's Joker. Okay. So, like, imagine if you're watching The Dark Knight. Right. And turns out Heath Ledger isn't really the Joker. It was actually Aaron Eckhart Mm. the whole time. Okay. I
0: see that. I get that. that,
2: That's where I think a lot of fans
3: are disappointing. You know, kind of disappointed in that
2: creative decision. I went into it. Honestly, I didn't read hardly any Iron Man comic script. I didn't know much about his villains anyway, so I right. didn't know. Like, I looked him up. was like, who's the Mandarin? Right. But whenever it happened and it switched, it didn't really bother me. Um, rewatching it now, I loved how, how like serious he, pl- like the Mandarin character came across. Right. So it would have been cool to see how that would play out, mm-hmm. knowing that he's more of a, like a terrorist. I mean, cause it made me think of like Bane in The Dark Knight Rises, where he comes across as like this creepy, scary dude that can destroy about anything. And he stays that way through the whole movie. And, yeah. like, it's creepy and, like, stuff crazy, but um, it didn't hit me in such a bad way. Now, I would like to have seen a different way. Um, are you going to talk about All Hail the King? Yes, I am. Okay, I'll leave that to you then. Cool. I don't want to steal that from you. Cool,
3: thanks. Uh, any other nitpicks?
0: So, I had one. I mean, obviously, I've talked about it before, but, um, you know, the idea of mental illness being mm. used as a plot device. Yeah. And that. It, at least here it seems to have been taken seriously it happens more than once and it's clear that tony is dealing with everything that's happened to him you know i think as movies build you sort of forget that what's happening in this in the movies realistically is happening to one person over years and years and so you know by the time we get to this movie you are thinking about tony you know, sacrificing himself and and going into the wormhole, but you're no longer thinking about what happened with him being poisoned in Iron Man 2, and you're no longer thinking about his time being tortured in Iron Man 1, but as a character, all those things would be building up for him as far as anxiety and PTSD and not being able to sleep. And so I, I at least appreciate that that was finally playing out in his character, that he would have some kind of PTSD, but it's it's never, again, it's never resolved. There, He doesn't seek treatment. No one in his life tells him that he should maybe seek treatment or help. Um, and I found this thing on Tumblr that was at least a more positive spin on it. And it says, I honestly think that the people who said this movie was boring don't understand how important mental health is. When I saw this movie um, when I was younger, it blew my mind. I used to get bad panic attacks. I wasn't telling my parents about them, and I didn't even know what they were. This movie is so important for Tony's character as well. I liked Iron Man, but after this movie, I loved him. Having a character you see yourself in changes everything. Sure, Tony was great before, but having a character audiences can connect to changes the game really why would you care about a character if you can't connect to them? This movie really brought Tony to another level. It's what a lot of the other Marvel characters are missing. It's really only the um, oh, it's really only the writer's fault not hating on any characters. Also Harley, 1000 out of 10, best Christmas movie. I could watch it all day every day. So, there you, go. you She's know, got support for her theory. here. Yes, so I have support for my theory. <laughs> All Hill Tumblr. But uh, it's nice. Just
3: be careful. I've ventured there last week. And be oh, careful. yeah. These <laughs> super, <scary
0: places>. super, <laughs> super care. There's some fandom places there's on the internet. a lot of fandom places. That you got to be you very be careful. Tread lightly.
3: Have a guide like I did.
0: Yes. Um, <laughs> have a spirit guide, <laughs> yes. if you will, through, through the realm of fandom. Um, but yeah, it's nice to see that in other fans that they took something away from this movie and from Tony's character and being able to see him have weaknesses and deal with mental health and that, you know, even superheroes have to deal with stuff like that. That was one
2: of my nitpicks too. Um, And and I think it's honestly you brought it more to my attention the last time when you talked about it. To even think more about it. That Steve but, Rogers thing we're going to get on the couch yeah. and he's going to—he's yeah. like, it's Tell really been affecting me the past three weeks. Right. I know, like, but I have, you know, even with me, I have anxiety and depression issues as well. And so when you see that, you definitely do appreciate it. Um, but the only thing that I have is like you see it a lot in the first half of the movie where it's very convenient to build his character. Right. And then the second half, you don't really see it nearly as much. Like you said, they don't kind of resolve it. And not to say I'm not hating on PTSD at all. I fully believe it's a very you know, real thing and people deal with it all the time. Um, and I'm not saying that there's some cure all that, like, he just should have happened at the end of the movie and he's better for the rest of the movie. Like, it's not, it's a continual life thing. Uh, but I just feel like they could have used it a little bit better, or at least tied it up a little bit better, or at least done something with it. Uh, but I am, you know, to put the happier spin on it, like, I'm glad they did approach it and they did talk about it. Because uh, it made me think about, too, because I was in elementary school and I used to think I had heart problems. And my mom, like, took me to get heart scans and all these other shoes, and, like, nobody picked up on it back then. I just had like crazy bad anxiety. So it's like something bad's about to happen or we're about to have a test and I didn't study for it. Although my heart feels like it's about to burst. Right. And so And they had like, they scanned my brain and all sorts of stuff like when I was a kid and mm-hmm. like, but none of it ever brought up anxiety until I was in high school. Like so, um, but to realize that that's a very real thing and how, you know, you'd be in the middle of sleeping at night and all of a sudden panic, you know, wake up in a panic mm-hmm. or especially in the restaurant, I felt like that's a really good one when that kid said something. It almost made the kid sound scary when he said it. But the kid didn't. It was just a very general question. Right. But the way he heard it because of the way he feels inside, like, it hit him in such a heavy way. Right. That I love how they did that. And I love how he ran out, ran to his suit, to his safe place, and got it that way. Right. But the same way, like, for me, like, I would run to my bed with the lights on, just lay in bed because it's better for me to have a safe place or whatever. Um, But even, like, the emotion we see in that was just neat. Right. Uh, So I'm glad they did it. It's just... I don't know. It probably could have been done. Looking a at better. it
3: as a plot device
2: is... Yeah. Yeah. I cool. had two more. Okay. Uh first one is my thought throughout the entirety of this is like shouldn't the Avengers have been called? Yeah. Not saying this is like Or right. Shield. Yeah, somebody. Because Shield
3: was still around. They hadn't right. had the twist yet in Winter Soldier. So my
2: thought was and I know like it didn't have to happen, but it was just and it's not me saying that the movie would have been better with it. It's not that. But just after we know that this is happening. This man comes across, he's not a threat to just where Tony lives. It's literally a nation. He's talking about taking out the president. Like all these things you would assume the Avengers are being involved, especially once they think Tony's possibly dead. Mm -hmm. You would think somebody else steps in, Captain America comes back around or somebody else comes and gets involved. Right. But nothing happens and Tony comes back and they're like, Oh great, you're not dead. Yeah. I
0: think that's difficult mm. you know, once you have brought them together it, which you know we did mm. in Avengers in 2012 then that does become an issue then you have to have this believability where in their standalone films past the you know group films what what is believable that they would be dealing with it on their own because I think you see the same thing in Winter Soldier later Mm -hmm. where you're like, okay, I'm sorry. You think the entire U.S. government has been infiltrated by Hydra and you don't think to like call Tony, maybe try to track down like Bruce or Mm -hmm. Thor or anyone. You just like Like, at least decide to take it on on your own. At
3: least in that I can believe they didn't address but I can at least see some like logic behind well, all these people that I've trusted for years are secretly hijacked. I don't know who to trust at this point. So, you know, you can make the argument that, you know, well, he didn't call Tony because he has no idea. If Tony is Hydra or, you know, whatever. Yeah, but
0: I have a real but problem with Steve Rogers being like, Tony Stark can be Hydra. Yeah. I just... Don't, I, 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 I'm not
3: saying that's but the case, but I, also it, I, have, I can see some logic behind it.
0: Right, that. right. Yeah. But, I, yes, I also have a real problem with believing that, like, not a single Avenger showed up being like, oh, my God, Tony's dead, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, but, it's like they the saw the it go across being, you know, CNN the and they getting, were like, meh.
3: Yeah, plane's getting hijacked and uh, Steve's like, well... I got this list I'm trying to catch up on. Right, right, so, um, right, right. Let me let me work on that first, then I'll go check on I'm it.
0: I'm only on the first Godfather, yeah. and I've got a few more I have to watch, and mm-hmm. then I'll be there.
2: Yeah. Turns out there's this guy, and he has a box of chocolates, and I've got to figure out what
0: <laughs> Right, means. right.
2: Yeah, he's learning his history
3: through Forrest Gump. But yes.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> I did. I learned lots. Me
3: too. Um, Alabama football was really good.
1: Yes. Did you know that?
2: Yeah. The only other one I had, and it was just a quick thing, was like so far in other movies we've seen that Tony powers his suit through his reactor, and mm-hmm. it's just... And if that's still the truth with his stuff going forward, why did he have to power his suit with a car battery to get it back up working where it would fly or function the way it should? Because he still had the arc reactor at that point. Right. But, like I said, it didn't make or break it. I'll be like honest. Said, I was it's, watching it's something an, it's online. An un,
3: it's a, it's a uh, nitpick. It's not an unanswered That's, a, cheater. that's yeah. a
2: cheating one because yeah. I was randomly looking online and somebody asked that. So. Gotcha. Cool. But it did make me think. All
3: right. Where does this movie fall in your rankings of MCU films or just Iron Man films in general?
2: Not my top ten.
3: Not in your top first ten time. for the first time ever. And it's the one
2: you own on DVD. It is. And it's not in your top ten. I've only watched it once. Fair <laughs> enough. Twice
3: now. Um, I went back and looked. Um, I like the
2: emotion of it. Uh, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't think it's bad. but it's
3: Of 23 films, it's number 16.
0: Mm. Ooh, I had number 17. Oh, nice. Yeah. This one.
2: What um, do you have uh, a list now? It means I gotta go back and my? No, a list. I don't
0: have a list now. I just randomly selected seventeen. oh okay nice. Fair I enough. knew enough. What it I would, was I knew say. that it would fall yeah. under twenty and above fifteen, 15. Yeah.
3: So. um it is my second favorite Iron Man film um you know, I know it's H- also my second favorite. I know Iron Hunter Batten loves Iron Man too, but I don't. I don't. It's at the bottom two or three. He's for got me. a social media shout out. All yeah, while that um, Iron Man's better. The first Iron Man's better.
0: But I mean, I have would have to go with the first Iron Man because it's the first Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's and just it's the one that
3: started it all. Right, and,
0: mm-hmm. and it's got all the ACDC. Mm-hmm. This one didn't have as much any. ACDC. This didn't have any
3: ACDC, and first I was time ever. really ever.
0: devastated, honestly. Um, so, but yeah, two is just kind of like meh. there's a. Mm-hmm. I like I would it would be one, three, two for yep.
3: me. One, three, so. two. Okay. Um, random section. Is there anything you want to add? Favorite theory or rabbit hole you went down? Uh, I'm gonna, we're not going to ask that question again. What Avenger you would be <laughs> or, <laughs> or what venture would you say everyone else is? Because we did that two weeks ago.
0: Um, I didn't really have a lot of fan theories or any kind of like crazy Tumblr stuff for this. I did put, I was very concerned about about Dummy. So I'm really glad that they had yes. a scene at the end where Tony went back and got him out of the ocean. Him wearing um, his
3: dunce cap.
0: Dummy is a very uh fan favorite in the Marvel fandom as far as like fan fiction goes, and nice. he's he's peppered throughout fan fiction. And, and nice very, choice like, of words there. Mm-hmm. He's peppered, right? Fun in fun and creative ways. He's nice. always. What's crazy? How like yeah. he
2: doesn't have a face. He doesn't have anything but you still feel emotion for yes. him. Yes. Wearing that dunce hat when his yeah. so was like, man, I feel bad I feel so bad like, for, right. for, for this non-living bee. Cramp. I know. It's not, even, it's not like a I fake love, robot walking like, around. There
0: like, are a lot of people that don't like the way Tony treats him yeah. because it's just like you feel for him when he's like, why are you wearing that hat, dummy? And mm. dummy's like, mm. you know, and it's like <laughs> a little funny. There's a I read a fan fiction one time where um, Steve starts sneaking into the lab in Stark Tower to like be nice to Dummy because Tony's so mean to him. So mm-hmm. like Steve will go have conversations with him. I'd love to see that. Yeah, yeah it was hilarious.
3: <laughs> you have a favorite theory, Rabbit Hole.
2: The only thing I was going to do, and it's not necessarily a theory, it's just what we talked about. But All Hill, mm-hmm. the King. All right. So Is that well, where you're going to talk about this now? No. No. Where I'll are you going to talk about it?
3: Uh, in the Teach Us What We Need to Know. Oh, okay. okay. Well, I'll skip that whole thing. Okay. Then. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's your what to what moment? The moment where you geeked out the most.
2: I already told mine, but it was just realizing again. The kid. I knew it going into it, but all of a sudden. Thinking more in depth and watching it through that mindset this time.
3: Mine was Pepper, saving the
2: day. Hmm. Is it raining
3: outside? Is it raining?
2: It must yeah, be it raining. Really <laughs> it did. I, I okay.
3: hear water. G- usually yeah, it's not dark. But that was funny. Yet. But yeah, mine was Pepper at the very end, just kind of showing up when we thought she was dead and just like, oh. That
0: was mine too. Nice. Yeah. I'm
2: glad that like, you have a reason because you said that and then Ashby gave you like the worst look, but it was just trying to figure out if it raining. Yeah. yeah. I was a like, little concerned because I, like, I saw that
3: look I'm like, did I do something wrong? Right. That Am I referencing the wrong movie? Did I sing Hamilton, you know, without realizing it? Because um,
0: yeah, I put Pepper manhandling a suit, trying to kill her, and then destroying Aldrich, which uh, with with it while literally glowing in yoga pants and a sports bra with her hair down and barefoot, like Tony Queen. who? Queen, <laughs> Queen.
3: Um, I wonder if the water's gonna end up on the recording here because I'm Probably. hearing it really well. I can
0: hear it. Yeah, it's pouring right, so rain. so
3: I, I moved this section back to the ten question section. Uh, who one the movie, Pepper Potts.
0: Okay, uh, yeah, I get that.
3: I mean that that's my answer. Yeah. Um, just because I, I'm, as I get older and more, I guess, learned, um, I I really dislike the whole damsel in distress story that yep. most superhero mm-hmm. arcs try to go down. Yep. And I like that they, kind of. Averted the expectation yeah. with Pepper. Um, she doesn't need a man to save her. She doesn't need a superhero to save her. She can save herself and the man.
0: Right. So uh, Pe- even like yes at the end, but even when Tony puts the suit on her, mm-hmm. it she doesn't just lay there and let it protect no, her. No. She covers him. Yep. And she's like, I got you. Yep. You know and, and she i gets i the feel other
2: girl like you like in mm-hmm. that other scene. right
0: right and i you know and then she's like okay once she knows that tony is somewhere and he's alive she's like we're going to figure this out let's get in the car let's drive let's talk you know like yeah. she's got a plan completely irregardless of whatever tony's doing you yes. know and i think that you know we we i get that there are issues in in the marvel cinematic universe about women being allowed their own movies and Mm -hmm. their own stories and but I also think we should give credit where credit is due. And I don't think that Marvel ever plays into the damsel in distress. Like all of the Marvel women are shown to be capable of themselves and of, you know, like saving the day and saving the men and doing whatever it takes.
3: The only one that comes to mind just thinking off is in the next movie, Thor: The Dark World, where right. uh, Jane has got the ether, right? You know, and to
0: be fair, she's human.
3: Yeah, so she's not Asgardian. So right, I mean, and so like so she that's is not really her fault. In she's distress, not like, like a hero. she
0: has a a disease technically, I guess. Yeah. but she she's really smart, and I think that still plays out. Absolutely, Absolutely. you know. So, I, so DC's yeah.
3: kind of guilty of this. Yeah, with uh, with uh, old Lois Lane,
2: you know. Anyway, that's pretty um, much how that character was written. Yeah, not, and I'm not like right. saying an excuse for that. Like, there's just and she's she's had some moments. I'm not a big Superman person.
1: Yeah, but no, that's, that's just been her natural character. Forever. That's why
0: I'm really excited about the new. Clark and Lois TV show mm-hmm. with Tyler Hecklin yes. and I can't remember the woman who plays Lois, but the Lois that mm-hmm. she plays in the DC TV she, yes. universe yes. is kick, awesome. but yes. I mean she she yeah. Yes, Thank you. yes. I'm trying to I'm so trying hard. to praise you, whatever. Yes. Um but uh, she definitely doesn't she doesn't have a superpower, but like she backs Clark up, mm-hmm. you know, whether he's Clark Kent or whether he's Superman. She's like, I got this. We'll handle it. You know, I just really love how they've made that character so much more than I think she was written to mm-hmm. be. Definitely. So.
3: So my answer was, who won the movie Pepper Potts? Okay, I like it. Anybody, anybody you. else? You go next. Okay. Most so time it
0: comes
2: down between you do anyway, so I'm just going to see which I've got it. I've got two in my head, so okay. like that's why. You you can't p- play both sides. I'm waiting to see what you're saying to see if either one <laughs> relates to mine. Pepper's okay. one of mine. So. Fair
3: enough. Okay, okay. Fair, enough. fair enough.
0: So, I have Tony. Oh. Okay. Tony's my oh. other one. Oh. So, convince me. Okay. Which one? Because that's <laughs> so literally my two. Okay, so I put Tony because a you're lot a of people say... You're a film too late, by
3: the way. It should have been Tony last movie. Anyway, go ahead. Mm.
0: Okay, e but I have a very specific reason. Okay, go it, for it. And it doesn't have to do with anything about, like, who he managed to, like, be or whatever. Whatever. Okay. So I think a lot of people say Tony is nothing without the suit. But this movie proves that Tony is Tony without the suit, you know? He is resourceful. He clearly has hand-to-hand combat training. Um, if not maybe a lot of skill with a gun. This is one of the first movies since Iron Man 1 where we see him outside the suit as much as we see him in it, and the first time we really see him being a hero without the suit. I think that this movie redeems itself to me in its ability to remind us that the Iron Man suit isn't actually what makes Tony so great or even what makes him a superhero. His genius, his ingenuity, his unwavering determination, and his ability to see the promise in people like Harley is what makes him a hero. He just happens to also have an Iron Man suit.
2: I think I'm about to take my second L here. Cal? <laughs> I love how you look at me. And it's like, I'm trying not to make facial expressions. No, no, no I but, like, I, but I know. I know. Well, that like,
3: was a well-reasoned argument.
2: Well, Tony was my first one I wrote down, um, but I will say what you said last time made me think more about him this time and w- in ways that I watched the movie thinking about this question this time because it's not the same way we talked about last time. It's not just who was the biggest star of the movie. It was much more of a who got the outcome they wanted out of this or, you know, the best outcome, who kind of won the outcome out of this. Um, and so I thought about it in both ways. I did think about it with that. Uh, and I thought about it towards the end where he finally does have that freedom. Um, what's that say?
3: I,
0: I can't say that. Loud. <laughs> oh.
2: Either way, I got to that point where...
0: Eric shot himself in the foot.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah that's the best way to <laughs> put it, yes. Yes. Yeah, last time I shot myself in the foot.
2: You did. And... <laughs> It's one of those things that I couldn't help but think more about Tony in this one. Mm-hmm. Where the same way, like, how I am, I wanted to pick somebody other than Tony since it's pretty much his movie. But it does, I would say, beyond the other movies, it's not so much. This one, it goes so much more, like you say, in depth than who is Tony. Uh, because the world just assumes that he's Iron Man. He even says that, you know, I am Iron Man, which he is. But he finally starts taking steps for self-care. Mm -hmm. which beyond, you know, we've seen the mental illness he's dealing with. makes you realize what he's dealing with. But then even at the end where he finally, after all this time, goes and gets the pieces removed out of his body, like those metal pieces, the things that's been lingering over him. He even allows other doctors to do it where we've seen before, like he wanted to handle everything and have Pepper help him or whatever. But he literally goes under. He puts his life in somebody else's hands um, to allow them to do that so he can better his body, better himself, so that he can be better for Pepper. Uh, I feel like Pepper's really strong in a second, you know, place role in this, I think, because without her, I don't know if you would see that coming from Tony either. I don't think you would see the growth, you know, so much because he finally realizes the importance that she carries in his life and how much she means to him. And so he makes decisions based on that. But I just feel like as personal growth, you see him grow a lot as a character. Whereas I talked about in the previous movies, like, He's not my favorite. I just don't really care because he's. I'm more of the cap guy that's, you know, a good dude versus Tony could be a jerk. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure Tony can still be a jerk. We know he still can be. But at this point, you finally see that other side that he's an actual human. He's an actual caring guy. And he's growing a lot. And he's been through a lot. You know, it's easy to assume him being a jerk. But like you mentioned too, like his dad was never. He's technically had a, a dad that was there, but he didn't have a great, loving dad that helped him with life. So. I don't know, so I picked Tony this time.
3: Man, I thought I had this one in the bag. I'm not gonna I lie. You really, with I really thought I had this one in the bag. You started this with time Pepper, I and I was
2: like, okay, this is it, Pepper. I, I
3: was like, this. I knew y'all, y'all did not like Iron Man as much. I'm like, okay, I think mm-hmm. I've got this one. And you know, I, I like to
0: keep you guys on your toes, just a little
3: bit. I'm not going first next time. I'm gonna make you two go first. Like okay, maybe to I went okay. first last time. Oh, that's that's fair. true. That's true. Fair enough. Yeah, I just I ruled myself out. <sighs> All right, whatever. Tony wins the Infinity Gauntlet Cup. <laughs> All
0: right. Okay. A famous man once said, We create our own demons. Who said that? What does that even mean? Didn't matter. I said it because he said it. So now he was famous and it was basically said by two well known guys. I don't, uh, uh anyway, I'm going to start again. Let's track this from the beginning. In every episode of our Running the Infinity Gauntlet series, we are taking a look at a vital piece of the MCU that helped shape the Infinity saga. With that in mind, let's assemble together at Tony's Malibu mansion. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Eric, teach us what we need to know about the Mandarin.
3: To be fair, every one of these say Avengers headquarters because they're part of the Avengers. Yeah, that's fair. But I like the Malibu headquarters. Good good thinking there. Way to think. So, the Mandarin, as I discussed earlier, was a big deal to a lot of comic book fans before this movie came out. Why? Well, every superhero needs an arch enemy to fight against and uh, and form the conflict of memorable stories. Batman has the Joker, Captain America has Red Skull, and Iron Man has the Mandarin, created by Stan Lee and artist Don Heck. The Mandarin is Tony Stark's greatest foe. Through a mixture of science and alien technology, the Mandarin has aimed to conquer everything in his path. In many ways, he's a dark reflection of Iron Man in that he utilizes technology to achieve his goals for a malevolent purpose. There's your word of the week, by the way. That's a good good word. The character is known for using alien alien rings that grant him a variety of abilities. In a write-up on the character from Comic Vault, we learn that the Mandarin was born into a rich family with his father being the richest man in pre-communist China. His parents died when he was young, and the Mandarin was raised by his paternal aunt, who instilled a bitter worldview into him. The family fortune was spent on training him in science and combat. By the time he was an adult, the Mandarin had no money left, and as he couldn't afford to pay the taxes on his ancestral home, the Chinese government evicted him. So looking for a way to avenge himself, Mandarin traveled to the Forbidden Valley of Spirits, where he came across a crashed ship containing the skeleton of an alien from the planet Moklu-4. Mandarin studied Makulian science and mastered the 10 rings he found within the ship. Combining his new abilities with his natural intellect, the Mandarin conquered China and set out to dominate the rest of the world. Mandarin's first confrontation with Iron Man happened when he tried to use Stark's weapons against the American government. Iron Man investigated, managed to stop him, in igniting a rivalry between the two of them, and this led to various schemes with the Mandarin managing to outwit Iron Man and vice versa. And they, the two of them have been locked into a technological arms race. Race with each developing new inventions with varying results. The Mandarin's approach to life can be summed up as him believing that the feudalism of yesterday is simply the capitalism of today. He continually tested Iron Man in order to see if he's a worthy foe as well as to justify his own thoughts on capitalism. However, Mandarin possesses a strict code of honor. For example, he challenged Iron Man to a duel for the control of the Hong Kong branch of Stark Industries. When he lost, he promised not to interfere in Stark's business any further, and he kept his word." Uh, He has ten rings. I'm not going to go over what the ten rings do because uh, we may uh, see that in an upcoming MCU film, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, But the Mandarin has developed a strong psychic connection with those rings, and he doesn't need to wear them to use their power. There is no doubt that the Mandarin is Iron Man's greatest enemy because of his powers, Uh, his intelligence, ruthlessness, which is why people were super stoked to see him referenced in the MCU from the very beginning. The Mandarin is referenced in the first Iron Man film via the name of the terrorist group known as the Ten Rings, who briefly appear again in the 2010 movie Iron Man 2 and the 2015 movie Ant-Man. Sir Ben Kingsley appears in promotional material for Iron Man 3 as the Mandarin, implied to be the Ten Rings terrorist group leader. Uh, As we talked about earlier, the film reveals that the Mandarin terrorist persona was adopted by uh, AIM founder Aldrich Killian to mask illegal genetic activities while the idealized image is actually drunken British character actor Trevor Slattery. Inspired by the character and Malin, director Shane Black specified that Killian was the intended MCU version of Mandarin as signified by the dragon tattoos on Killian's chest, while Slattery is supposed to portray the idealized terrorist persona image as Killian's proxy. In interviews, Kevin Feige suggested that Killian built this idea from legends previously heard and he hinted that the audience should believe in the strong possibility that there may be a comic book accurate depiction known within the MCU. Ben Kingsley repi- reprises his role in the Marvel one-shot short All Hell the King, in which Trevor Slattery is imprisoned in Seagate Prison following Iron Man 3. He is interviewed by Jackson Norris, who reveals that Killian based the Mandarin on a powerful historical figure of the same name. Revealing himself to be an agent of the Ten Rings, Norris kidnaps Slattery on behalf of the real Mandarin, who Norris states is insulted at Killian and Slattery's use of his name. The real Mandarin will appear in the upcoming film, Shang Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. And will be portrayed by Tony Lung Wai. Hopefully the right way this time.
0: Nice. So, yeah, there's wow. a Great job. Com- okay. A
3: comprehensive view on the Mandarin.
2: I'll be honest, until this week, I never knew that existed. There you go. And so i research. It. That's
3: why we have this, this yeah. um this section. So we can teach people what they need to know. That's well, like, right.
2: I, because I was googling it, just even like Mandarin, and it came up. It's like All oh, Hail the Kings. I was like, "What is that?" Like, and all of a sudden, yeah. I went to YouTube, and you can't. There's not you can't technically watch the full thing on YouTube, but you can get your. best It's on idea. Disney Plus. Is it on Disney Plus? Yeah, the one shots are
3: on Disney Plus. Okay. So th- oh, nice. Okay. I, I wish they would do more one shots. I watched uh, a funny thing happen on the way to Thor's hammer. is just, okay. just a you know nice little thing for Coulson. Um, but yeah, they're all. On so Disney I didn't Plus. watch that. Yeah. So oh, yeah, I didn't.
2: I need, know to, it was on I need to watch those. Yeah. Good stuff. But um, it does look like it's going to be cool. Uh, just the brief i watched it. YouTube had one of those illegal, like, two times as fast versions that you could catch the end of. And you on only it. see, like, a third of it. And yeah, they're talking really fast, yep. yeah, and all that. And so like, Elevated pitch. and. <laughs> but just to see, like, I'm glad that they're going to continue with this character, though. They're, they're going to take um, Kingsley from this to the other one. Yes. Rime, because even in prison, he's still regarded as it's a mighty villain. Mm-hmm. Um, he's walking around, and instead of him getting beaten up for being some fake terrorist... They're like, do it again, man. Do it again. Do it, do the voice. Do the voice. Like, and still, yeah. they're like, he's yeah. pretty much running that prison. Like, everybody loves him, and so he's still doing his own thing. So to know that at some point he's got to face the real dude, who he's been, you know, pretending to be all this time. I don't know. It makes me excited to actually see that movie now. Not. Like we've said before, Marvel puts it out and I'll go see it. But
0: That's also a really creative way to not be like, yeah, we screwed up, we're going to scrap yeah. that and start over. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I thought about that too because you were talking about fan fiction earlier about like what people do or fandom and how they would write it out probably what yep. would happen. Mm-hmm. And I do think this came about after, and they saw kind of the uproar that they put this out afterwards. So we're like, mm-hmm. okay, well, how can we fix this? Like yeah.
3: Yeah, let's, let's do this one shot, and then 10 years from now, we'll put out a movie with yeah. the real man, and after, the, you know, it all yeah. dies down.
0: There was a meme that I found a few months ago that was like, y'all remember that crazy Avengers fan fiction where, and then they just give the summary to Endgame, and they're like, that was wild. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, man. Ooh, man. Okay. That's funny.
0: Don't. It's okay. I'm hot. I'll hurt you. No,
2: you won't. See? Not hot.
0: <sighs> Am I going to be okay?
3: No. You're in a podcast with us. Nothing will ever be okay. But I had this 20 years ago when I was drunk. We can sort it out. Just like we can sort out six of our favorite observations and insights from Iron Man 3 by slipping on that infinity gauntlet. Kyle, you go first.
2: Yes. This might be obvious to everybody else, but I missed it until I was looking at fun facts. But Dr. Wu, who's introduced to you at the very beginning at that party, First off, he's introduced by the other guy, I'm horrible with names, but the one that he was in a cave in Iron Man 1 with. Jensen? Jensen, yeah. Jensen reappears where he talked about, I met you once here, but you're probably too drunk to remember. Well, he tries to introduce him to Dr. Wu, Mm -hmm. and he just oblivious whatever. Dr. Wu is actually the doctor at the end of the movie that's taking the metal parts out of Tony's heart. Mm -hmm. So the same doctor he ignored at the beginning of the movie is the one that's fixing him.
3: Nice save. Um, Number two, uh, both of my fun facts involve Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, the president, <laughs> in of course, <laughs> they
0: do. I'm not caught up on Agents of Shield, so I'm probably about to have something spoiled for me. It's no, no, no,
3: no, 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 no. Nothing spoiled for me. Okay. say um, I finished Titans now. Um, <laughs> stroke, he's it might, might spoil some stuff for Kyle, but it won't spoil anything. <laughs> okay. Um, the president in Iron Man Three is Matthew Ellis, who was targeted for assassination in this movie. President Ellis makes an appearance on Agents of Shield Season Three and Season Four, mm-hmm. working secretly with Shield on several plot points involving Inhumans, life model decoys, and dealings with Russia. Number three.
0: Interesting. Okay. Um, so two of my three have to do with fun appearances.
3: Well, we only get, we only get two tonight.
0: Oh, that's right. We get two. Okay. Yeah. So I can just roll two appearances into one. Yep. There you go. So yeah. Lyndon Ashby, one of my favorite actors for obvious reasons, obvious reasons, plays the head of the command center when Air Force One is taken over. I know him best in his role as Sheriff Stalinsky on Teen Wolf. Ooh. And then when Tony walks out of the hospital from visiting Happy, a blonde reporter is waiting to interview him and is the first reporter who rushes to ask him a question. This woman is played by Kim Holderness, who is an actual former news anchor. She and her husband, Penn, live in Raleigh, North Carolina, and are social media influencers and bloggers who, along with their kids, became household names with their 2013 viral video, Christmas Jammies. Very nice. Nice. Yeah. Number four.
2: I'm gonna we'll save one to the end. that's what? just kind of a throwaway this is, one. This is your last one. No, I'm saying in case <laughs> nobody else says it, that right. we're like, we'll just make a statement instead. Fair enough. But um,
3: okay, we'll see. allow it. Well, yeah, the, yeah. The brain trust allows it. This, for, this, and, <laughs> is, so, and so do I.
1: <laughs>
2: so, as any other Marvel movie, there's mid-credit scenes or end-credit scenes, and this one has those. But this is the first one where it doesn't tell you what's happening next, or at least allude to mm-hmm. what's to come. You just literally show up, and you know, Mark Ruffalo's listening. Or Bruce Banner's. Like the whole movie
3: was a story told to, to Bruce Banner Yeah. Right. through. Yeah.
2: So, but it didn't give you an idea of what was coming ahead. That was my second fun fact.
3: Number five. Um, Extremis was a central key plot point in the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., specifically in the pilot episode. Uh, Extremis was also used as the main component of a serum designated by the clandestine program Centipede. That combined it with gamma radiation, a variation of the super soldier serum, and technology from the Stari for injection in an effort to create their own super soldiers. The extremist component was stabilized when Centipede recruited Chan ho Yin, also known as Scorch. Before his death, they were able to drain some of his blood as the platelets prevented him from being burned by his own pyrokinesis. Mike Peterson, after recovering from being knocked out by an ICER... Discovered that he was now stabilized, the centipede serum became a recurring plot point for villains in the first season. An upgraded version of the serum was created using the cells of Agent Daisy Johnson, a.k.a. Quake's mother, who was an inhuman with the ability to regenerate cells and heal. John Garrett, a Hydra agent undercover at Shield, was given this serum, which kept him alive, but did not give him powers because he was mortally wounded uh, prior to this. Uh, In season five, a new version of the Centipede Serum was created with the intention to heal Phil Coulson from his original fatal injuries sustained in the Avengers movie, but it ends up being used on Quake, who gained enhanced abilities to take out General Glenn Talbot, who, long story short, was infused with gravitonium, another season one callback, oh my goodness, this show is so awesome. Go watch it. Yes. Great
0: yes. job. All right. Number six. Um, this mo- So this is kind of a downer, but I thought it was really interesting, and yep. I have a I have a quote on my phone. Hold on. Um, cause I couldn't make it part of my script. Okay. Uh, the movie, this movie was released very soon after the Boston marathon bombings and more than one critic pointed out the coincidental, but still poignant in its timing use of a terrorist plot and yet another Hollywood movie as we continue to fight terrorism, both domestically and abroad. So it says the only significant difference between Iron Man 3 and others of its type is that it is opening a few weeks after the Boston Marathon bombing. It's an unhappy coincidence that might not be worth mentioning if Iron Man 3 didn't underscore just how thoroughly September 11 and its aftermath have been colonialized by the movies. Very I thought nice. that was interesting. Very good. Critics were not very kind to this movie.
3: No, no. Did you have uh, an extra? I did. This was
2: just
1: bonus fun. content,
2: people. Um. This whole movie was, or most of it, was filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina, where we live under mm-hmm. the name Caged Heat. Ooh. I had forgotten about this, but I remember when it happened because I was like, "I wonder if I could go see Iron Man if I drive to Wilmington."
0: Parts of it were also filmed in Charlotte. Nice. Yeah, that's why I'm wearing this North Carolina, Carolina Love shirt because this was um, after one of the hurricanes. A lot of celebrities that have filmed in Wilmington, mm-hmm. where it was so affected by our last hurricane, did these shirts as a way to raise money for the that's area. Cool. So, that's cool. Yeah.
2: Nice. That's why we're glad to have Ashby here. Yeah. she makes us aware of things. Aware. We'll get shirts next time. <laughs> like we yeah. want to be in on that.
3: Next time there's a hurricane, she can let us know where to buy
2: shirts. from. She also right. knows about <laughs> popular things happening in our county. Yes. So like when Bad Grandpa's filming again in Johnny Knoxville. Oh, in I knew I knew about someone, that one. <laughs> I'm at work, and like I get a <laughs> heads up to head down and see Johnny Knoxville before I'm on my way I home.
3: think I was still working at the drugstore then, so I knew about
2: that. So. Nice.
0: Well, bad news. Oh boy. <laughs> um. The. Film tax credits for North Carolina aren't what they once were, so we don't get things filmed here a lot anymore until the state decides to fix that so we can get big-budget blockbusters again, which is why the Outer Banks TV show was not filmed in the Outer Banks because it's too expensive to film in North Carolina. Wow. I'm going to get off my set box. Good thing it's
2: like... Anything Johnny Knoxville does for the most part is not big budget. So he's still
3: making Who knows? He's like, I'll show up. Just give me we $5 get, and um, buy, me, buy me a hot dog. We
0: <laughs> still get indie flicks and stuff like that. Yeah. Like there was a movie, I meant to watch it, uh, that was filmed a few years ago in North Carolina called Ashby. And oh, every wow. every time I see the North Carolina film guy, I still give him crap about it. I'm like, you still haven't given me my residuals for that movie.
3: <laughs> so when do we wa- when's <laughs> so the next say, movie
1: night? <laughs> you let us know when yeah, you house. We
3: should watch time. it. Mm-hmm. We'll go watch Ashby. I was <laughs> thinking, like, Psych, the movie, too, but also you know, that. Yeah, I mean, that comes out in a couple weeks, so it won't be ready. Oh, but, I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. Are you excited, Kyle?
2: <laughs> I am. I was going to just, like, you know, razz you about your house some more, but it's like, no, you take your time. I will. Yes.
3: That's
0: fair.
2: Yeah, so, I will. and so, as Christmas morning <laughs> began, my journey was at its end. You start with something pure, something exciting, and then comes the mistakes, the compromises. We create our own demons, yes. as promised. I got this podcast sorted out, took a little tinkering, but then I thought, why stop there? He got it sorted out? I did. Of course, there are people who say progress is dangerous, but then I bet none of those idiots ever had to live with a low microphone volume. We're fixing that. And now, (laughs) neither will I. Let me tell you, that was the best sleep I'd had in years. So If I were to wrap this up tight with a bow or whatever, I guess I'd say my armor, I guess, yeah. yeah. It was never a distraction or a hobby. It was a cocoon. And now I'm changed, man. I'm a changed man as well. I'm changed man, and I'm a changed man. You can take away my house, all my tricks, my toys. One thing you can't take away, this is the What the What podcast, and these are our social media shout-outs.
0: What, what? That
3: was, in, that was inspiring.
0: That was great. That was inspiring.
2: I had a good writer. <laughs> Shane Black?
0: <laughs> yes. Yep,
2: yep. I called him up. I was like, hey, are you busy? I need a couple lines. All right. Uh, you guys tuned in a lot this week. Uh, we put it out there on Facebook and on the Instagram. Uh, Facebook thoughts and memories kind of. I had two different posts. Uh, the first one was more sort of, what did you think of this movie? What were your thoughts? Tim Inman, who is the lead singer for The Separate, who produced the song that we use for our podcast.
3: Heartbeat,
0: heartbeat. Can you, you feel, feel my, my heartbeat?
2: Heartbeat. heartbeat. <laughs> he and also, she says she can't sing.
0: <laughs> I can't. I he can't also sing.
2: played guitar on the song. Random spinoff before we get to that. Do you remember, did you ever listen to G105 growing up with like Kentucky Kristen was there? Yeah. Bob, Bob of the showgram. Like, Kristen's Hollywood head. Like the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. Separate did that. Oh, nice. oh wow. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. So uh, anyway, he said it was filmed here in NC. My good friend and pastor's wife was doing a lot of work as an extra at the time and was selected to be one of the nurses slash doctors doing the arc reactor removal surgery at the end of the movie. She's the one putting the mask on him, and he said, in this scene. So the point where he's getting the gas mask on, she's the one that did that. Uh, Managata said, Pepper Potts is a queen. I have no idea how yes, Tony survived before her. Ethan Brantley said, I was so, so super excited to see all about the Mandarin, and they ruined him and turned him into a joke. I was very sad because the Mandarin in real life is a force. Laugh out loud. I did really like the Hume tissue robot fiber things, though. Uh, I don't remember what they were called, but they were bad to the bone. Ethan also said, I responded back talking about how I think they're going to hopefully do more with him in the future, and he said, me too, I don't really understand why what they were going with with that character. Uh, Ethan also brought it to my attention this afternoon that The Mask was originally a comic book. So the movie with Jim Carrey from like the yeah. 90s was a mm-hmm. comic book. We mm-hmm. didn't know that. Okay. I had to Google it. Uh, also, Chris Rhodes says, I remember seeing this movie in the theater, but I don't really remember it. The most vivid memory was at the time as I thought the movie and the characterization of the Mandarin was meh and disappointing. Hunter says, I dislike Guy Pearson. I have no idea why. Facebook, who won the movie?
3: <laughs> so basically he's like, I hate that guy.
2: He does a little bit more about I it. I guess. He just dislikes Guy right. Pierce, but he doesn't know why. Uh, we posted it today, it said, who won the movie? To see what everybody else thought. Uh, Chris Rhodes said, though not a character, I believe the suits won the movie because they were the reason Tony became so obsessive and a driving factor going into Age of Ultron. Uh, Ricky Lyles tuned in today. Ricky typically doesn't respond to anything, and we do this at his house, but he responded today. Uh, Pepper Potts did. Finally got to walk in Tony's shoes. Thank yes. you, Ricky, for agreeing yeah. with me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hunter Batten said, Iron Man 2 won. So clear <laughs> that out. You missed it. <laughs> he really he is. said, Iron Man 2 won <laughs> because it was elevated to second best Iron Man movie instead of the <laughs> worst. Um, wow. Agree to disagree. The hate. <laughs> yeah. I was about the, the hate The audacity. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever y'all were ranking your movies at that point earlier, <laughs> that's all I could think about was Hunter's response. Uh, Devon slash Jenny Varnum says, and I'm thinking hey, it's Jenny. They're back
3: on Facebook? Yeah.
2: yeah. They've been, but I didn't know if it was like a family thing, so I didn't add them, but I got added this week. Oh, cool. Uh, Pepper Potts 1, Iron Man 3. I mean, really and truly, she saves the day. So at least Jenny agrees with me we don't disagree fully. I don't like, disagree like, I don't. with you. Uh, like, you know. It's just if they could share it. Well they're they get married and have kids, sure. They can right, share exactly. that. Exactly. Put it on the mantle. They'll have that. Uh
0: they get a llama? Yeah. Or an uh, alpaca.
2: Just not a giant bear. Never mind. Like that. That's right. Instagram It's a Hunter. bunny. I'm <laughs> yeah. trying so hard bunny. not to go down Sorry, so many bear. rabbit holes here.
0: <laughs> get it? It's a bunny. It's a bunny. Rabbit yeah. holes.
2: Uh, yes. Great job. <laughs> uh Instagram, the only one we had was Hunter who did his <laughs> big explanation. <laughs> Hunter says, I wasn't a fan of it when it came out. and still not fond of the Mandarin twist and Guy Pierce. Detonating the suits at the end felt like it was a waste of a lot of pot- potential classic Iron Man variants that could have been cool in other flicks. Makes less sense when going into Ultron because he's getting a freaking drone squad acting as world police. Robert Downey Jr. is great, and I like Shane Black, but this MCU movie just didn't do it for me. I miss Iron Man 2's Justin Hammer. Sam Rockwell rules. Bring him back. He's also in... Sam Rockwell is in *I'll Hill the King*.
0: Oh, yes, yeah. Justin Hammer. Yes, that was who you were. You know, when you said you were bad at names, you were talking about Justin Hammer and yes. Obadiah Stan. Yeah, is yes. who you were talking about? Them fellows. Yeah.
3: Them fellows.
0: Cool. All
2: right. Well,
3: Anything I else? I have another line? Because I literally just. Put no, it. no, you're good. You're good. I have the last line. Okay. Uh, all right, friends. You know, and thank you, by the way, for listening. But something about just you know getting it off my chest, putting it out there in the atmosphere instead of holding this in. I mean, this is what gets people sick. You know? Wow. I had no idea you were such a good listener. To be able to share all my intimate thoughts and my experiences with someone that just cuts the weight of it in half, you know? It's like a snake swallowing its own tail. Everything comes full circle. <laughs> Big thank you to Ricky Lyles, Tim Hutchinson for all their contributions on today's episode. We hope you enjoyed this discussion as much as we did. That you're as pumped for the rest of this journey to the MCU films and other pop culture entities as we are. Next month, we have to, because we're doing these in order, we will be discussing Thor The Dark World. It gets better after that, I promise.
2: I'm having high hopes for that movie. I feel like I've only seen it once, and it was a long time ago. So I'm hoping to go back and be like, "Oh, I've I'm got hoping a it got
3: better after they kind of went back and redid some of it in Endgame."
0: Mm. I'm gonna try to elevate it. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna try to
1: bring. I'm come
2: in and praise this movie.
0: Bring like.
3: the. We'll do another movie night because I've got this one like so. We we did Iron Man three here like near the beginning of July, but mm-hmm. I I think I. That our world at the end of August. So we got like okay. six weeks. Okay. So we got time. That's um, So okay. we got time. We can watch it. Maybe I will not. literally dress
0: as Natalie Portman.
2: Okay.
3: Deal. I'll dress as Thor. <laughs>
2: and I'll dress as. <laughs> why can I remember? Heimdall. Oh, oh no. what's her Sith, name? Lady
0: Sith. Lady Sith. Lady Sif. Oh, I don't even know.
2: Darcy.
3: Yeah, Darcy. Oh, Darcy. Oh,
0: That's, oh man. Darcy. Oh, no. Fan oh, fiction Darcy yes. is the best, Darcy. Oh, man. And I'll ne- bring fan fiction Darcy.
3: Next week, be <laughs> sure be to... <laughs> that can be very dangerous. Make sure you get not E and not M. Are those the two? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, stick with T and G. G, Yes. Yeah.
0: Good ne- job. You're yeah, learning. I'm learning. I'm lear- padawan. padawan. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You'll have a lightsaber for you. No. Know I can't wait.
3: <laughs> next week, be sure to join us as we discuss our favorite multiplayer slash sleepover video games. Are you going to be here for this one next week?
0: Uh, not now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually, legitimately won't be here the week after that. So Maybe we, we, you want to switch. Maybe we w- should w- switch. We might, might
3: want to switch. What's that one? What's um, the, le- the week after next?
0: Because I'm going to be on vacation. Sorry, guys. Where are you going? Where are you going?
3: We'll uh, Asheville. go with Oh, which they go got place to the record there. Yeah. Um, let's see. Going
0: back, hanging out with some of my. Um,
3: Star, Star Wars, Wars episode nice. one's the week after that.
0: Oh, yeah, so we'll just switch. We'll switch. So Cause we'll cause I, can, I can talk about Star we'll Wars. We'll
3: do Star Wars episode one next week, and then okay. we'll do multiplayer, sleepover video games the week after that. Okay. I'm going to have to watch. Maybe we can get Chris, Chris Road. Road. Chris Road. Uh, yeah. I was know, trying to think who we could get
2: Chris, yeah, because there's be a lot good. of video game people yeah. that wanted to talk, so
1: yeah.
0: Does that mean I'm going to have to watch Sad Child Anakin Skywalker this weekend? So depressing.
3: No, yippee! Yeah, he's pretty happy. Pretty happy.
0: He's kind of a sad kid. He's said Jar Jar Binks. I mean, his mom died. Oh, sorry. No, 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 that's that's
3: episode two. Ugh. Ugh. All right. uh, Until next time.
0: Oh, Jar Jar Binks is in the first one. Yeah, he is.
3: Now that's pod racing. Ugh.
0: Okay.
3: Uh, But duel the fates. I mean, great music and stuff. Mm. Think, think positive. I mean, Obi Wan oh, like Kenobi. Put your positive pants on. Just like hot, Pretend like this is Thor the Dark World and be positive. Hot
0: Obi Wan Kenobi, I suppose. That's true. Not, not Jesus. And hot what's Obi Wan Kenobi. Other name. Also, um, maybe qu- I just qu- have a thing that, for guys, it qu- look qu- like Jesus. Wait a second.
2: <laughs> Turns out you just love Jesus. Just love Turns Jesus. out I just
0: love Jesus, but like Miss in a non biblical way. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And thank you again for joining into the What the What podcast, ladies and gentlemen.
1: No, no she didn't. No. no, she didn't. There it was.
0: There was the. There it was, the, was. The moment I ruined. Who everything. had seven
3: fifty six on July the? Is it the ninth?
0: Oh.
2: Oh, I want to say, but I would make it worse, so I'm not.
3: Okay, you know the ugly crime we tried to do when we watched Hamilton last week. It's, get, it's getting there. Oh my goodness. <laughs> until next time stay as cool as the other side of the pillow we'll see you next week what the what 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 podcast bye